It's now time for the Billy C Show. Part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening, I hope you're doing okay. Today's shows are being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria, an Italian restaurant located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com, or give my man a call. 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. I'm a, I, as soon as the show is over, i got to run down to St. Simon's right now to give Sal some coffee because he certainly needs it. You know, he's getting uh, he's getting older. You know, he can't stay up as late as he used to anymore. But uh, anyway, today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Billy C. Boxing 24-7 television channel. That's right, you can catch... Uh, replays of this show, but better than that, all of the other events we've done over 15 years uh, is being broadcast on this network, so uh, make sure you check it out. All the major streaming platforms uh, carry it, Uh, so watch it on your uh, big screen or your handheld. Uh, Just visit Ginico USA, G-I-N-I-K-O USA.com for all the information. It's free. Uh, create an account and uh, get with it. And if you can't remember that, just visit our website, billycboxing.com. And there's uh, one of the uh, sliding slides. The sliding slides. Yeah, it's the sliding slides. Uh, one of the uh, slides uh, will link you right to it. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Better Man on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. You can get a copy right now, right now. I'm talking right now while you're watching or listening to this show. Just visit barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Why I'm so adamant about getting Tom Molino's story told. Um, All right. Uh, Mikey Garcia uh, tried to uh, beat Errol Spence Jr. last night. Um, I got to admit, I I, I picked Mikey Garcia. I thought that uh, uh, he would win a decision. I also said... Uh, that the fight, if it did go uh, to the scorecards, that it would be Mikey Garcia's fight. I figured uh, Errol Spence uh, would uh, would knock him out uh, or he would win. That's not what happened. Errol Spence Jr. dominated the fight from beginning to end, uh, utilized his speed, his size, uh, his power, his footwork. I mean, he put on a boxing clinic. He really did. I was I was shocked. That Mikey Garcia uh, did not uh, mount any kind of an offensive attack. Uh, he, when he did, he landed. That was the strange thing. Uh, when Mikey Garcia landed punches, when he attacked, when he became aggressive, he he was getting in there. It was the tentativeness that uh, caused him to just not score enough to to win rounds, in my opinion. Uh, Spence, on the other hand. Um, did everything that he needed to do. Uh, the one thing that I was impressed with Garcia, uh, actually two things, the way he uh, handles himself after the fight, no excuses, gave all the credit, that, uh, and deservingly so, to, uh, to Errol Spence Jr. Uh, but uh, Garcia handled all the punches. 
I, I thought that if Spence landed flush, and he certainly did multiple times throughout the night, that he would have uh, really hurt Garcia. I didn't see Garcia hurt at all uh, in the fight. Uh, but nonetheless, Iroh Spence Jr. improves to 25-0 and with 21 knockouts. Garcia loses for the first time in his career, 39-1 uh, and now with 30 knockouts. At the end of the day, this was a financial move for uh, Mikey Garcia. He doesn't lose his title uh, in the lower weight. He got a huge payday, and he's still one of the top pound-for-pound fighters uh, in the world. Nobody can really criticize him for losing this fight. He did go the distance, and uh, you know he moved up two weight classes. At the end of the day, it almost seemed to me like Mikey Garcia's game plan was to go the distance. I don't think he put employed a game plan to actually win this fight. I think he his game plan was to go 12 rounds. Joining me right now to get his thoughts uh, is my man uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, Billy C. How are you today, buddy? Oh, not too bad. Thoughts on the fight, brother? Well, I'll tell you what. My thoughts, I was disappointed. Uh, you know, we, we, you and I, we can't want to fight more than a fighter. And... You know, I would have thought that after five or six rounds of the same fight, these guys looked like they were on an old rope tote from a ski lodge. They, there was nothing exciting, nothing that was different. It was the same thing, like you said. I think Errol Spence, with his dominance, he established the pace of the fight. He established it and dictated the 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 style of the fight. And Lo and behold, Mikey Garcia fell right into it, not taking away anything from Spence. Spence was dominant. He fought. He boxed. He had a great jab. He was always on on, on, on target. Uh, but Mikey Garcia, I thought, would have given a little bit more as far as angle, as far as attack, as far as angst, as far as like, oh, and, and you know, maybe I missed it because I, I did fall asleep. I had Mikey Garcia winning the first two out of three rounds. And I know that's going to be uh, not on everyone's scorecard, especially uh, especially the uh, announcers for uh, for the pay-per-view event. But uh, I, uh, I did have him winning two out of three rounds. The second round he came back. I said, wait a minute, guys. I'm in this fight. I'm here. But I thought he was more down the third round. I just think he, he didn't follow his suit. And I didn't see the urgency and the angst that you normally would see when a fighter is being tested or when a fighter has to step it up or, or do something to, to, to establish his presence. And, and I think that's where Mikey Garcia lost his momentum in the fight. I don't want to quote or, or get too much involved with Max Kellerman when he, when he would say the story of the fight. But unfortunately, the story of the fight, Errol Spence owned that. And uh, <clears throat> I can't believe I just said it, but I did. And uh, I think that Mikey Garcia had a hell of an opportunity. But like I said, people can't want it more than a fighter himself. And I think he came up a little bit short. And uh, and that was his, t- his time to really shine and make a make a big statement and uh, the opportunity wasn't really taken or realized so it is what it is that's boxing that's fighting and that's that's why any given night 
anything can happen. And last night, all I could say to Mikey was, it wasn't your night. What do you mean it's not my night? You know, the thing was, is in my opinion, Sally never had momentum at all. Uh, yeah. His his momentum was prior to the bell sounding. Yeah, you know, he yeah. had this. He had this. Uh, uh, I'm going to refer to it because I never witnessed anything like it before. He had this sense of calm and and like he knew yeah. something that no one else did. Similar to Evander Holyfield, the night he walked out to fight Mike Tyson, never forget it. Uh, watching him walk down, he just had this look on his face like he had everything under control. And and when I saw him that night. I said, uh-oh, Mike's in trouble. And, uh, you know, Mikey Garcia had the similar look, but he didn't carry it out. Um, you know, once the bell sounded, from right from the first round, I said to myself, Billy C, because when I talk to myself, I refer to myself as Billy C, too. You know, I, so it's not like, yeah, you know, it's not like I say, hey, Bill. You know, I no, I say Billy C. So, so the truth of the matter is, is I said to myself, hey, Billy C, you know, the truth of the matter is here, Mikey Garcia has just done what he has never, what he never does during a fight. Um, he, uh, uh, he, he did not win the first round. Uh, Errol Spence was, was throwing punches and Mikey Garcia was not. So I said to myself, okay, maybe he's just trying to get a feel of his power. Maybe he's truly doing a feeling out round. And I waited and I figured round two, he would throw some more punches. And he really didn't. I know you said you scored uh, uh, two of the three, the first three rounds for Mikey Garcia. I was looking for rounds to give to Mikey Garcia, to be honest with you. The only round that I gave to Mikey Garcia was round seven. And even that, you know, was, uh, was a gift in my opinion. Um, I can't argue with the scorecards. Uh, in, yeah. in a sense, I, I think Mikey uh, fought that fight to go the distance. I, I really believe that he fought... Uh, the fight to 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 go the distance. Um, does it take anything away from from uh, Mikey Garcia? Eh, not in my opinion. I mean, he moved up two weight classes. Um, you know, as far as uh, Errol Spence goes, you know, Errol Spence his goal for winning this fight was to become that special fighter. They they kept talking all night. Uh, incidentally, one of the worst pay per views I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but that's become synonymous with the PBC. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is he says, oh, if I win this fight, I'm going to be the best pound-for-pound pound fighter. Well, you know, I, I, I don't know if you could say that, really, to be honest with you. And the reason why I say that is because the best pound-for-pound pound fighters um, are always looking to fight and challenge themselves. Now, if Mikey Garcia wins this fight, he would have been regarded as one of the best pound-for-pound pound fighters. Errol Spence had to win this fight. As a matter of fact, Errol Spence kind of lost in a sense because he didn't get the knockout, Sal. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I thought that, uh, you know, I was surprised it did go the distance. I, I was surprised that uh, Mikey Garcia didn't dig in a little deeper with the, with the power, with the punches, with the delivery. And Errol Spence, sure enough, looked like he was on a real good charted out course for a, an outboxing victory, but he did have some power and he did catch Mikey with some good shots. I also was surprised how, how well Mikey endured some of those punches. Uh, and I, I think that uh, it went to see, you know, you're going to have some potholes and some criticism now, you know, because every fight exposes 
things in a fighter that people look for. Now they're going to. I think we lost you, Sal. Oh, you're back. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Finish. You're back. Yeah. They're going to say Errol Spence doesn't have that big punch. He can't fight anybody over welterweight. They're going to say uh, Mikey Garcia is already fighting over the weight class. He should. He's got to go back down to lighter weights. And uh, it was just too much for him. So, you know, that's what fights fights do reveal. Fights reveal weaknesses in other fighters. And then the media and fans use it for good fodder going forward. So we're going to see the rhetoric and everything else that comes out of this fight afterwards. Errol Spence, yeah, sure. He, he could have won in a real dominant fashion. He did as far as boxing ability, and he established that. He was no Tommy Hearns or even Sugar Ray Leonard, but he did do what he had to do to win and win convincingly. Uh, and Mikey Garcia was no Roberto Duran or Julio Cesar Chavez either. So, like I said, it was what it was. I expected a much more confrontational fight and and I and I just uh, I was disappointed. I was disappointed at somebody, you know, you didn't have an Angelo Dundee like figure. Hey, you're blowing it, babe. You got to do something different here. And and uh, uh, I think somebody should have should have really just pointed that out to Mikey and say, Hey, Mike, you know, this is the same fight. Round six is the same as round one, and you're losing. You got to change this pace. You got to do something. You got to do something drastic. That's why, that's why I'm. I firmly believe that they were in there to survive. Um, he didn't want to take too much punishment, and he didn't. Um, he was. He he got you know battered in the second half of the fight, but but you know he moved around and he went into survival mode. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he was in survival mode from the first bell. I thought that's that right. the. I thought overall that the pay per view sucked. I mean, I, I can't sugarcoat it any other way. It sucked. It wasn't worth the money. The, yes, the fight was what you paid for. But the undercard, you know, what's what's become typical and, and what bothers me is if you watch the fight and you and you start looking at it from a, um, a, a, a viewer's value point of view, right? So, so I see that there's, like you say, there's a lot of fluff going on, but there's no stuff. I mean, uh, you know, there was a lot of, uh, you know, high-end graphics for the broadcast, and there was a lot of show and, and, and glitter and this and that. But at the end of the day, there wasn't one really, um, you know, evenly matched fight on this, on this card. The, you know, the PBC has become a scam, and, and all these young fans that have bought into it just don't get it. All right, they don't get that that these guys now if they're if if what has become successful and I'm missing the point and and the success is the marketing of the of the A side fighter and the and the brainwash so to speak of the fan to just accept this guy beating whoever they're putting in front of them and um, and and equating that to being a quality fighter. Case in point, the undercard, Benavidez, a former super middleweight champ. 
um, you know, David Benavidez uh, takes care of Jay Leon Love. I mean, Jay Leon Love is he's finished. He's he's he he was and never was. Uh, David Benavidez improved to 21 and 0 with 18 knockouts. Beat the snot out of him. Knocked him out at one minute and 14 seconds of the second round. Jay Leon Love drops to 24 three and one. Another one of those fine Mayweather bums that are in the Mayweather stable. Um, how about the other fight? Between Lewis Neary, who improved to 29 and 0 with 23 knockouts, uh, when he uh, destroyed um, uh, McJoe Arroyo uh, in uh, in that fight uh, as well. Fourth, uh, they uh, uh, it was a TKO in the fifth. I, I didn't even hear the bell sound, but apparently uh, it sounded. Uh, and then Chris Ariola, that was probably. Uh, one of the most competitive fights of the night. And that one only went three rounds. Chris Ariola, his typical uh, barroom brawler, uh, took care of uh, uh, his opponent, uh, Pierre uh, Augustin, uh, who really uh, didn't show much. He drops to 17-1-1. Uh, uh, Chris Ariola goes to 38-5-1. And, uh, and then the uh, fight that they basically, you know, say, hey, you know, here's the opening fight. And it was nothing but a, a commercial for the pay-per-view. Uh, Charles Martin improved to 26-2-1 and one, uh, when he won via an eighth-round DQ over Gregory Corbin. Uh, not sure what that fight was even about. Uh, but uh, I thought the card was extremely weak, Sal. Um, I, you know, I would like to see something better for, for 75 80 bucks. What was your thoughts on the card overall? Well, yeah, it was... Uh... You know, unfortunately, I, I, I got home too late. I didn't see too many of the preliminary fights. In fact, I tried watching them again. The pay-per-view was rebroadcast 7 o'clock this morning, but I, I, I found out I can't watch what I already bought. You have to buy it again. I said, no, freaking. No, you don't. You can record it. They let you record it. you got to learn, you gotta learn how, to, how to finagle this technology. Uh, yeah. But, uh, um, I, you know, the, the, the worst part about it all, Sal, was that... I mean, everything about the event was 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 poor. I mean, uh, listen, nobody loves Boom Boom. Nobody loves Boom Boom Mancini more than me. He was off last night, hundred um, percent. Sean Porter was good. I mean, Sean Porter was good, but man, did they bust his chops about it? They calling him. They're saying, "Oh, they all love your leprechaun suit," and Sean Porter's going, "It's not a leprechaun suit. I'm just wearing green, you know." But uh, but you know, I, I mean, and then how about? Deontay Wilder with that with that gorgeous chick. Oh my God, I love her. Kate Adubu or Adobe or Adobe. I can't even say her name. She's so hot. But uh, the truth of the matter is, is uh, she gets uh, Deontay Wilder on, and I'm saying to myself, is Deontay Wilder has has he lost his mind? I mean, she's looking at him, asking him questions, and and then the, the my favorite interview was Manny Pacquiao. Uh, you know, Manny Pacquiao. I, you know, I, they'll ask him a question. Hey, Manny. Um, how do you think? What do you think about this event? Is it is is there a lot of people here? Is it sold out? And Manny Pacquiao responds, uh, uh, "Sold out? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I did, but it's uh, uh, sold out. Yeah, uh, uh, so sold out. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it was sold out. It's good. Uh, what what do you think about that? Well, I I, I think uh, everything uh, good. Uh, yeah, it's sold out. Uh, uh, he he didn't answer one question, not one. Every question that they asked him, I mean, uh, you know, uh, and then guess what? You know, this is the other part of it all that I I just I I just don't understand. 
You know, a guy like Floyd Mayweather, all right? I know I mention him because I can't stand him. And if anybody's new to this show, I, I, I'll warn you right now. I, I think he was a fraud. Yeah, he's got quality, uh, quality defensive fighter and all of this stuff. But, but think about this. Here's a guy who, in the last 10 years of his career, never really fought anybody in their prime, right? He's even avoiding Manny Pacquiao for the rematch, even though he, he, he beat him in the first fight. And then what does Manny Pacquiao do? This is why, at the end of the day, I don't look at the losses. Manny Pacquiao wins his last fight against Adrian Broner. You could say what you want about Adrian Broner, but he's still uh, in the mix today. Then, yeah. then... Guess what? They're trying to make Errol Spence Jr. fight Manny Pacquiao. Would Floyd Mayweather ever fight Errol Spence Jr. today? Would he ever fight Keith Thurman? Would he ever fight Terrence Crawford? Would he ever fight anybody that's in the top five, legitimate top five? Would he ever fight them today? The answer is no. No way. But yet Manny will. You know, I, uh, Manny doesn't stand a chance with, with Spence either. What do you think? No, no. In fact, you know, even that female, the announcer, she was trying to bring them together. And, uh, you know, Manny said, oh, yeah, 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 I fight, I fight, I fight anybody. You know, I, again, I love I love that that passion. I love that Mikey Garcia wanted to fight him. And <laughs> yeah, but Manny didn't look like he really wanted him, did he? Yeah, he's going, yeah, yeah Manny, oh, okay, okay. Manny, Manny looks like he, he, he'd rather have a pina colada. Yeah, exactly, man. Hey, Manny, you ready for him next? You want to fight him next? Oh, oh. Yeah, fight him next. Oh, oh, oh. You know, he, he said a whole lot of nothing. He was dancing yeah. around like a politician. Well, I guess he is a politician. Like, like you said, there was all fluff and no stuff. Yeah, I, I you know, it's just, it's just a shame. I, I couldn't help but think of the fans that that buy into it, um, that that actually are, are you know, I, I wonder, is there any, are there any fans today this morning? that are saying, wow, what a great event that was. I mean, uh, I, you know, they had a big crowd, 47,000, like they kept saying. Uh, oh, that was a great, great crowd, great boxing crowd. I, I loved it. It was great. And the owner of the Dallas Cowboys was there. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. Uh, you know, he's he was part of the promotion. But, I mean, you know, every PBC fighter was there, um, which is, is good to promote. Uh, but but none of them fight anybody. You know, when I look at the when you take a quick look at the welterweight division right now, as it stands, um, you know, in my opinion, the the computer um, uh, rankings uh, are pretty accurate. Terence Crawford number one, Errol Spence number two. And by the way, I don't think Errol Spence. Uh, earns the number one spot after after beating a guy that moved up two weight classes. So I, I'm not discrediting him, but he's uh, uh, still at number two. Um, Manny Pacquiao, as far as uh, the welterweight uh, computer rankings, they, they have him at number three, Sean Porter at number four. Um, they already have Mikey Garcia ranked at number seven as a welterweight. The computer figures that out. But Keith Thurman is all the way down at number nine. All right, he's not even in the top five. Uh, Sean Porter's number four. Danny Garcia's number five. Uh, Jordinus Ugas, number six. Garcia, number seven. Kavalaskis, number eight. And Keith Thurman, number nine. I think that that's legit. I don't think that uh, 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 Keith Thurman should be in the discussion. But, you know, I, I think the fight that people would like to see 
would be Errol Spence against Keith Thurman or Errol Spence against Terrence Crawford, Those are, or even against Sean Porter. Those are the fights we want to see, Sal. Yeah, I agree with you. Those are fights that I would pay per view and uh, pay to view, PPV, PTV. And, <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I, uh, yeah, Errol Spence, uh, he could be put anywhere in the mix there. Uh, Sean Porter, he, he could fight anybody, but I'll tell you what, Keith Thurman, he's got he's to prove himself a little bit, and I think hey, he's just got to get back in the ring. Well, you know, here's this is the issue I have with the way boxing has become. It's it's we have too much division in the sport. Uh, I've said that before. I'll, I'll say it again. And what you know what has unfolded, and we talked a lot about this uh, last week and, and a little bit the week before about you know picking uh, your promoter, picking your network. Uh, you know, uh, it would be great to have. Um, you know, one service you could pay for on a monthly basis and get all the fights. Now it's evolved into, if you like Hearn and, and his team uh, with his fighters, you're, you're subscribing to the zone. If you like Top Rank and Bob Arum and, and all those fighters, uh, you're subscribing to ESPN. Uh, if you like the PBC fighters, uh, then you're, you're watching your fights on Showtime or, or Fox. You know, Golden Boy, uh, they kind of work with, with uh, ESPN uh, and DAZN, uh, so they've seen it. I think that, you know, when, when push comes to shove, Golden Boy, Team Golden Boy recognizes that you got to play with the other promoters in order to get the, uh, the coverage and recognition. And, I, you know, I, what's happening, at least what appears to happen, uh, what's appearing to happen to me with this PBC, is that they've run out of, because of the arrogance uh, of the attitude of Al Heyman, um, their fighters have have become uh, their own little world of boxing, so to speak. And and I guess that was the plan to to be a league. But think about it. Those fighters now, the only way that they can fight is to fight each other. You don't see that as much with the other promoters. You do see it eventually when it becomes financially uh, you know, when it's financially right to do it. But I see a lot of these fights with the PBC fighting each other as their only options. And I'm not so sure how much money can be generated with these fights, Sal. Now, I'm not talking about Spence Garcia, but I'm talking about like the Charlo brothers and, and even uh, even Deontay Wilder, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Well, good point. But uh, like I said, they, 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 these fighters could fight each other. These fighters are marketable. Uh, for the mega dollars, maybe not, but uh, they're marketable to fight each other. They're marketable to fight top tier fighters and get in contention. Uh, and I think you know that's part of the thinning out grooming process. So I, I, I think you know they're they're all they're all in their stable, and and uh, I think they they they've got something to offer. And it's just a matter of getting them in the ring with the right opponent and seeing where it goes from there. Oh, my, my, my point my point is that they're all fighting within their own little group and the yeah. PBC does not have the talent they don't have the t- they if they would go across the lines and fight uh, somebody like a Hearn fighter uh, just for argument's sake like a Deontay Wilder against a, an Anthony Joshua on the zone instead of 
Wilder saying he's the man. Last night he said it a hundred times. I'm the man. I am the guy that everyone wants. I am the guy that the heavyweight division revolves around. I am the man. I am the man is what he kept saying. And the truth of the matter is, you're not the man, Deontay. You're a stupid idiot. And you've walked away from all this money and you've been left with nothing. You're left with no big money fights. You know, he's going to continue with this. He's got his big announcement. And I'll tell you this, um, and, and then we're going to take a break. Uh, rumor has it he's had two, two offers thrown at him during this past week. Hopefully he's responding and announcing that he signed with one of them. But the zone offered him $50 million to fight two fights. $50 million, okay? And then two days later... Eddie Hearn offered for him to sign with the, with Eddie Hearn and the Zone, and they offered him a three fight deal worth a hundred million, with the third fight culminating against Anthony Joshua. Now we wouldn't get the fight in time, of course, because we all want it now. Uh, but that's a hundred million dollars on the table. If this idiot, if this imbecile, turns it down and he he goes a di in a different direction, I don't care which deal he took. If he goes in a different direction and stays with with Al Heyman and the PBC, he is the stupidest guy I've ever seen uh, because he has already lost millions of dollars on the table. And if it's all about money, uh, you know, the only other thing it could be about, which is left aside from money, is legacy. And you still have to fight those other guys for the legacy. So you know, it's a it's a, a double profit for him to become, you know, legendary and financially secure by getting the hell away from Al Heyman. Al Heyman and Shelly Finkel and the rest of his advisors have screwed Deontay Wilder, and I believe it. And this guy is not all there. When you listen to him try and uh, carry on a conversation, he's he's coming from left field, Sal. He's I know you love the guy, but he's somebody's got to slap him around and uh, and make him understand that they're totally screwing this guy. Yeah, but he's got the girl. What girl? He didn't have no girl. That girl was looking at him like, get him away from me. As a matter of fact, that, that whole interview ended abruptly. It was strange. But speaking of that, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll get Dax Khan's thoughts. Sal's going to uh, uh, drink some more coffee. And uh, we'll be back in two. Billy C. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. Don't forget, check out our 24-7 uh, television network. Uh, you can catch uh, replays of this show, but better than that, all the other events we've done over the fit past 15 years, uh, just visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the, uh, the tile. You'll see it. There's uh, three tiles that that scroll by on the front of the page, uh, one promoting the show, one promoting <clears throat> my book, and the uh, third one promoting the, the television network. So click that and uh, check it out. 
So, in any event, joining us right now, my man, Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing better than Mikey Garcia. What was your thoughts on the fight, brother? Well, you know, leading into the fight, it had that De La Hoya Pacquiao feeling, you know, in 2008, even though De La Hoya was past it and Pacquiao, you know, was on the rise and both these guys were in their prime, you know, just the, the size, the, um, you know, just didn't seem plausible. But then, you know, you started thinking back, for some reason, Mikey Garcia, who could have fought anybody, he must have really seen something and he must have been really confident that they were going to be able to capitalize on. And early in the fight, it seemed... You know, started out slow, and then, okay, maybe Mikey does see something, because, you know, I thought he won that second round, and after that, Errol Spence, the size was too much, Errol Spence fought a, a smart fight, he utilized the jab well, and, you know, it was just one-sided, and he slowly, you know, broke Mikey Garcia down, you know, Mikey Garcia, you know, kind of took, he didn't get knocked out, he didn't get dropped, but, you know, it was one of those types of uh, fights that can shorten a career, so, you know, will he be the same fighter when he moves down in weight, but... You know, it was a good fight against two genuine pound-for-pound guys. It just wasn't the fight that everybody thought. And more or less, the whole story behind this was, can Mikey Garcia, you know, pull off the major upset? And it didn't happen. Credit to Errol Spence, you know, credit to Mikey Garcia because he was chasing greatness, which we don't see in this era. Other than that, though, there's really not much to talk about in the fight. And Errol Spence, you know, like uh, Sal said, People are going to criticize. There's going to be a lot of questions about him. You know, how come he didn't get the stoppage? But I think he was just knowing that, you know, I have a very talented, more experienced guy here that, you know, I'm not going to fight reckless and I'm going to box intelligently. So you you, can, you have to give him, you know, all the credit in the world. You know, now that it's over, um, I, it, it, it seems to me, and, I, and exactly what you said, I was a victim of that. I thought Mikey Garcia had something up his sleeve. I thought he really saw something and he was going to exploit. Um, at the end of the day, after really putting all the, the, the data in, you know, Mikey Garcia was the guy that had a chance to be an all-time great if he pulled the upset. Errol Spence had to win this fight. Uh, by taking a fight like this, is always more risky for the guy that's supposed to win, like Errol Spence. And he didn't knock him out. So, in a sense, you know, I, I don't think he accomplished what he was saying. He said, oh, I win this fight, I'm going to be the pound-for-pound pound top fighter. I, I don't see it. You know, if he beats a, a Terrence Crawford, yeah. You know, if he moves up in weight and, and, and beats a, a middleweight, yeah. You know, that's what great fighters do. They don't just beat the guys they're supposed to beat. They don't beat smaller guys. They don't beat washed-up guys. You know, this was the misconception that, that was shoved down everybody's throat by Floyd Mayweather. And now uh, Spence is, is seemingly to capitalize on it uh, with uh, Garcia. Now, with respect to, to Spence, Dax, Garcia is the one that called him out. But to me, it looks like Garcia's plan, and this is just the way it looked based on his performance, was to survive the fight, cash the check, and today's a new day. I think that became the plan after, you know, the fifth round. I don't think that was the plan going in. It just, uh, you know, as the old adage goes, once you're in the ring, it just, it's a whole lot different than what it is outside the ring. And whatever they seen that made him call Errol Spence out, um, you know, they weren't able to capitalize on. And on the other hand, the fact that Mikey Garcia did call anybody out and could have fought anybody, why didn't he call out um, Terrence Crawford or he didn't call out 
Keith Thurman because he's seen a flaw in Errol Spence that he thought he can expose. He didn't see something in either one of those guys that he thought he could expose. But he wasn't able to do that. Errol Spence did what he was supposed to do. Now it's time to move on, and hopefully the top fights get made, and that would only be Errol Spence against Keith Thurman or Terrence Crawford, and we don't see more of this game playing and marinating and building up that Floyd Mayweather and Oscar De La Hoya both, not just one, both of them are responsible for really creating in this sport and dragging out. I thought that Garcia, when he was aggressive, when he was when he was Mikey Garcia, the Mikey Garcia that that you know I love to watch, he was landing, he was uh, effective uh, landing punches. I just don't think that that approach, that offensive attack, happened enough, and that could very well be because Spence was nailing him, and uh, those punches were stinging uh, Mikey Garcia. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I thought I thought Spence, especially when he came on in the second half of that fight, I I you, nobody can say that he was not looking for a knockout. And to Garcia's credit, he did survive. But I, I that's not what I'm looking for when I when I see a, a mega fight like this. No, and honestly, and I'm not taking anything away from Errol Spence, and on as you know what we call now the PBC Manites, uh, who just fall into everything. You know, anything any PBC fighter does, if they blow their nose, it was, you know, the greatest nose blowing in history. You know, on social media last night, there were certain guys that were sitting there and nobody in the world could possibly last with Errol Spence, you know, Mikey, except for Mikey Garcia. And you're saying to yourself, you know, do you even know who Terrence Crawford is or Keith Thurman? You know, I'm not really sure that after last night's performance and Styles do make fights that Errol Spence could beat Keith Thurman or Terrence Crawford because Keith Thurman is a puncher and a mover. And Errol Spence, when you mentioned how uh, when Mikey did land, Errol Spence kind of paused. You know, Keith Thurman kind of has that power that would, you know, would really, you know, not just pause him, but would sting him. And Terrence Crawford, again, a guy that can move around, but he's so much more aggressive, and he's a switch hitter. And Terrence Crawford, you know, he's going to work upstairs, he's going to work downstairs, he's going to come towards you, and he has a solid uh, defense as well. So, you know, but... Errol Spence is still young in his career. We, you know, we have to forget. You know, we seem to forget that Eric Spence, you know, doesn't have the extensive resume that these other guys have, despite the fact that, uh, you know, he's so impressive inside the ring. And last night, more or less, if you want to say anything, he used that as a way to kind of build his experience against a guy of that level, because he's never been in against anybody the level of Mikey Garcia. I don't care what the size is. I don't think he has a chance against uh, Terence Crawford. To be honest with you, Spence, I, I I think Terrence Crawford, after watching Spence and Garcia last night, I think TC uh, is the best uh, welterweight. I do think he he has a shot against uh, Keith Thurman, but I'm not so sure how how he would do against Manny Pacquiao. I, I don't think that's a smart fight for Manny Pacquiao. But uh, but in any event, what was your thoughts on some of the other fights, like the Benavidez fight? Uh, Jay Leon Love should consider selling cars or something at this point because uh, he showed me nothing. Now, nothing surprising about this. Um, you know, this is two Mayweather fighters now that uh, Benavidez has, has beaten up. Uh, well, the Ronald Guerrero fights, uh, you know, those were very close. The first one was very close anyway and could have gone either way. But, you know, the second one, Benavidez had uh, won clearly. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Benavidez. You know, he was originally supposed to fight Anthony Durrell for that vacant title that uh, he fought a Gavril uh, for the first time. Now that Anthony Durrell has that belt, uh, maybe that fight will happen. 
I'm not sure. I don't know. Jay Leon Love, you know, he's a nice kid. Um, he has decent skills, but he's far from, you know, A-level, of course. Uh, Benavidez, hopefully he's done, you know, uh, um, with, with drugs, you know, he lost that title because of his cocaine use, and he's ready to sit down and, you know, make a serious run. Right now, though, I wouldn't put him in against anybody if I was, you know, his advisor. I wouldn't put him in against anybody but Anthony Durrell uh, and certainly steer away from uh, Callum Smith over in the U.K. because, you know, David Benavidez, he looks great against guys like Jay Leon Love. He looks great in wars against guys like Ronald Gavril, but, you know, he's still not a rounded-out fighter yet. He beats Durrell. Durrell, uh, you know, he's just another PBC fraud fighter, uh, and we'll see what happens with that. How about the... The 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 Neri uh, Arorio fight, um, I you know Arorio, I I know he's older and and doesn't have as many professional fights, but he's a tough guy. He just I mean Neri just Neri might be a, a a kid to really keep an eye on because uh, he looked he he looked pretty uh, pretty impressive. What was your thoughts on that fight? I thought this was going to be a better fight for both. Uh, you know, a better fight. You know, they're both former world champions. Arroyo at the, at a lower weight. You know, he was the uh, former IBF super flyweight champion, even though he lost it in his first defense. But you know, he's a solid boxer, just like his brother. He has all-around skills. The big uh, downfall on him, he has no power. Neary, you know, he has genuine power. He can box, but. I don't know if his power, I've questioned, you know, exactly how good his power is up until last night. Remember, you know, when he won that title against Shinsuke Yamanaka in 2017, he failed his drug test and he was stripped of the title. And then, um, you know, when they had the rematch for the belt, he misses weight and then he fails the drug test again. He's the guy, he's the only guy that I ever remember being banned for life from Japan. So, you know, there's a lot of questions out there on Neri right now, but, you know, he definitely looked impressive last night and you want to see more of him. I think uh, maybe if you want to get the true story on him, you'd have to wait until the World Boxing Super Series is over and see how he does against the monster Noyo Inouye. Yeah, that, I, in my opinion, would be a fabulous fight. They're both huge punchers, and however long it lasts, I promise the outcome is going to be sensational. What I like about this kid, Neary, is uh, you know he's young. Uh, he's uh, you know doesn't have the pedigree, an amateur pedigree that that we're used to seeing, and um, he just uh, he he just seems they referred to him as a natural last night, and I kind of I think that was a great. Uh, analogy I, I think that he does seem to have a, a lot of natural abilities uh the only thing i could see that he he should try to brush you know get better on is his defense he did leave himself open but when he attacked he he, he mixed it up going upstairs downstairs to create the openings that he needed uh to take care of business and i it just it just seemed like every punch that he was landing on Aurorio hurt Aurorio. i mean uh, the stoppage was justified. I mean, there was no question. Well, when you get somebody who doesn't have that amateur pedigree and they have such power, of course, you're going to see those um, defensive flaws because they fall in love with that power and they haven't had the time to develop that uh, defense. So, you know, the answer on that, exactly where he would be, would, again, once he steps up, levels in competition against guys that have power and they can bring him a little longer into the fights. Even his fights against uh, Yamanaka were short fights. I don't think either one of them went past third rounds, three rounds. But Neri is exciting. You know, I want to see a lot more of him. I think everybody wants to see a lot more of him. And last night was his introduction into the United States. So I'm sure we will see a lot more of him. You know, the one thing he does do um, 
better than than and, and I agree with what you say a hundred percent. I mean, guys that have pop have a tendency to just that becomes their defense, you know. Uh, but the one thing I did notice about Neary, I think when I say he needs to work on his defense, it's more with, you know, him moving, uh, mo not running, moving. He does have head movement. He does move his head. Uh, but but defensively, he, he doesn't keep his hands up enough, it, it seems. I, I just would like to see him, you know, keep his hands up and, and move a little more. Uh, in addition to the head movement, and then I think he's a tough out. I, I you know, if he can avoid some of the punches, uh, not that he takes so many, and then continue with his offensive attack, he's going to be a tough out. He really is. Oh, he is, and he's a top fighter. He just hasn't been stung yet, and he just hasn't been in there with you know a guy that would has been able to do anything to make him want to be defensively responsible. The heavyweight division is uh, clearly. Uh, uh, one of these hot divisions right now. We we have several, um, you know, top fighters. N none of them fight each other, but several top fighters that are good, and 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 a slew of young fighters seemingly coming up uh, to uh, to fill the void when when the guys at the top, uh, you know, fade away or or retire or whatever. Um, Chris Ariola fought last night. Clearly, uh, not a young fighter. Uh, more towards uh, a guy faded. If he's not you know, faded already. He's almost faded. But he got a pretty big win last night. What was your thoughts on that fight? It seemed like he just was the same Chris Ariola, and he just happened to have a guy that he could stop. Well, listen, the PBC needs to keep one of these guys relevant somehow. If this the card was, you know, it was dreadfully horrible. Let's be terrible. honest. It you were terrible. honest before. Yeah. If they wanted to improve the card just a little bit, what they would have done is put Chris Ariola in against Charles Martin. At least you had a former world champion belt holder against a former world title challenger. And then you would have had a better matchup with Corbin against Augustin because those guys are both on the same level. But they wanted to get wins for Martin and Ariola that each made each of them look like you know they were still somewhat relevant so this way when they get themselves another heavyweight on the way up they can put either martin or Ariola in there and a win for them over one of these faded guys would make that prospect look sensational let's be honest that's all it was those fights meant nothing i know well the the only thing that you could see is the potential Ariola uh, against martin and you know you say okay that's great but just like you kind of alluded to, here's two guys that have already been there, done that. Now you're expecting them to climb the ladder. And then who? And the winner of a Charles Martin uh, uh, against Chris Ariola, who does that fight earn the winner? Uh, you know, what fight gets, gets handed to that? You know, Look, uh, a, a wilder uh, matchup? I mean, I, who? who Look, you know? I'm... A big fan of Adam Konaki. He's an exciting fighter, but man, is he an undersized heavyweight. And he was, and Charles Martin was an opponent for him in his outing prior to last night. So if Charles Martin is an opponent for somebody that much smaller than him, a guy that doesn't have a lot of pop, Charles Martin isn't going to be any threat or any legitimate opponent, or is he not going to climb back up against, you know, these bigger guys at the top of the division? I mean, he wouldn't even be a stay-busy fight for any of these guys. He wouldn't even be a stay-busy fight for uh, Jarrell Miller if Miller wasn't fighting Anthony Joshua next. You know, let's be honest. Charles Martin won that title on an injury. Charles Martin... Merlino got full of himself. Charles Martin went and 
did the right. You have to give him credit. He went to the UK. You know, he was the champion. He traveled. But, you know, after that, the guy was just never the same. And I believe once that happened, there was problems with some sort of a uh, uh, mental problem. I think he was arrested. You know, so Charles Martin's a loose cannon. And Chris Ariola, a guy that... You know, you love because he's always put on great fights and he always gives it his all. He's just taken so much abuse over the years. Chris Ariola, you know, he needs to retire sometime soon for his, you know, for his long-term health. You know, this fight would have been, you know, the best fight for either one of these guys would have been against each other and then the loser leave and then the next one fight somebody, you know, on the lower level and those guys go out. But again, like I stated, the PBC needs to keep them around so they can feed them to somebody else. And that's all that was. You know, the funny thing is Chris Ariola, uh, seemingly was in one of the best uh, shapes that I've seen him in in a long time, coming in around 240-something. Uh, previously, he was up in the 250 and 260 range. But his skill set is just, he's just a barroom brawler. You know, and speaking of the heavyweight division, there's rumor, you know, uh, Deontay Wilder uh, has uh, announced, I think, six, seven months ago that he's going to have a press conference this Tuesday to announce a big thing. Um, we've discussed this many times. I mean, he seemingly is the odd man out. There's nothing. There's not a fighter left that would be such a huge fight for Deontay Wilder, uh, even though he still thinks he's the main guy in the heavyweight division, which is a sad, uh, sad statement because we all know that this guy is being uh, used as a pawn uh, by the PBC. But rumor has it that the zone offered Deontay Wilder a two-fight deal, uh, flat rate $50 million for the two fights. And then two days later, Eddie Hearn uh, offered him uh, a three-fight deal, guaranteed $100 million. My, my My question to you, Dax, is, you know, I, I've been very critical of Deontay Wilder because everybody's always saying it's about the money, it's about the money, and he's left millions, millions, double-digit millions on the table avoiding fights. Uh, I know he has more money than he's ever had in his life right now, but if he should not take one of these offers, what does that mean to you? That just means to me, and Deontay Wilder's not stupid i mean style you know let, let, let's not insult the guy you know what's happening is deontay wilder has managed or the people around him have managed you know to really gain his confidence and they had it in his head there's promises that he's going to make this big money that these other guys are offering him and deontay wilder is foolishly believing in these people around him and he's not seeing through the smoke screen that you know what they're out there to make money off of Deontay Wilder they're not out there for the betterment of Deontay Wilder so that's you know the mistake that Deontay Wilder is going to see down uh, one day down the road look back upon and say you know what how did I you know how was I so stupid at that point in time but you know um, I can't be too hard on Deontay Wilder you know in this sport royalty is very rare if at all and Deontay Wilder at minimum is a loyal guy and he should believe in himself because he is a world champion and he is a dominant fighter when he goes in there and he has shown he has heart and he has shown he has a better chin than he was ever given credit for so I can't be too hard on Deontay Wilder I gotta be more hard on the people that handle him and deal with him remember the name Lou DiBella how hard it was always on Lou DiBella when he had Sergio Martinez in his stable and Sergio Martinez was the lineal middleweight champion and one of the top three pound-for-pound -pound fighters in the world, yet the only time you heard the name Sergio Martinez out of Lou DiBella's camp was two weeks before Martinez was defending his world title. You know, I, I, I agree with you 
about Deontay Wilder's team around him. They're misleading him. They're not getting him uh, what you know what he should get. Uh, I agree with you that he's a champion, um, and I definitely agree with you with um, Deontay Wilder's loyalty because it's very impressive. But where I do disagree is uh, I do think Deontay Wilder is, is stupid. And I, and I say that because, you know, at the end of the day, we, we've been talking about the potential deals. And, and yeah, it's he said, she said. You never know who's really giving you the, the full. But at the end of the day, you know, two years have gone by and there's been millions of dollars left on the table. And you know as well as anyone that this business is short-lived. You need to make the money when you can. And at some point, the opportunities are going to pass him by. There are the big fighters right now, the main guys, the guys that he can make the most money fighting are really, uh, I mean, let's be real. It's, it's AJ and Tyson Fury. Those are the two top dogs. He could fight some of these other guys. He could fight Brazil. He could fight Kaznaki. He could fight those guys. But they're not going to get the money for him that he's seeking. I, I think it's time to make those deals, uh, Dax. I was going to call you Sal. Sorry, Dax. I didn't mean to insult you. No, it is time to make those deals. But again, you know, Wilder is the fighter, and he believes in his management team. So I'm not going to be too hard on Wilder. I'm j I'm just not. Uh, maybe uh, three or four fights ago before Wilder had, you know, really proven what he is inside, what type of fortitude he has when he, you know, when he gets hurt, when he's hit, when he, when he's stunned and stuff, then maybe I would have been a little harsher on him. But, you know, right now I can't. But, you know, before I go... Speaking of money, the, the uh, Friday night, uh, Katie Taylor unified the IBF, WBA, and WBO titles. And what I found amazing on there is um, Rose Valent, uh, Val uh, Valente, she was paid $100,000 for that fight, which is a huge purse for a female fighter, uh, especially one that has never fought in this country before. And she doesn't have any names on her resume that anybody would recognize despite being a world champion. I um, don't know what Katie Taylor made, but what does that tell you in terms of Katie Taylor and her marketability and female boxing and the direction that, you know, she's going and, you know, where, where she's actually bringing that sport? I mean, is Katie Taylor, uh, you know, quickly replacing Claresha Shields as the face of female boxing? And I do mean quickly. Yeah, well, you know, what sells is uh, fighters that have, in any sport, uh, the personality. And quite honestly, Katie Taylor has a good personality. Businesses want to be around her uh, in terms of support and, and, and advertising, etc., etc. She's a marketable fighter. Clarissa Shields, you know, I, a lot is on her right now with the fight that she's got coming up against uh, Christina Hammer. That should help her, but she has, you know, you've said it yourself. She's turned people away with her change of attitude and 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 the way her personality has seem seemingly changed, similar to a Deontay Wilder, where you know he's in that interview yesterday, and he was just sounded like he was off his rocker. I mean, it was just it was bizarre. And sometimes Clarissa Shields sounds like that. So uh, I I don't know. You know, they force they force these businesses to stay clear of them, Dex. Funny thing about Clarissa Shields is you've met her, I've met her, you know, you sit down and you talk with her, and she's totally different 
when you're, you know, you're in that environment with her than what she presents herself on TV when she gets around that little crew of the other PBC fighters who are all themselves acting like idiots. Errol Spence, for one, you know, as much as I, you know, I like him, as talented as he is, Errol Spence over the last year or so has really turned into an idiot, you know, when he's out there hanging out with these guys, being seen drunk in public, and so on and so forth, you know, and, and it really doesn't sell, you know, they're hurting themselves in terms of marketability. Uh, Deontay Wilder is a guy that, you know, um, he has the opportunities to make these big dollars, but on the other hand, what he's doing is he's allowing the people to steer him away instead of him following the people, you know, with, with his loyalty, you know, and that's, you know, that's where boxing in this little bit, in this little circle, these PBC fighters has regressed. Over the years, we've seen boxing fighters, you know, Floyd Mayweather, Oscar De La Hoya, the Klitschko brothers, they have all, you know, revolved the sport of boxing in terms of where they have taken control of their careers, they called the shots, they made the money, and these guys just more or less went back 25 years to, they're doing whatever the promoters tell them, they're falling for anything the promoters tell them, and they're not going to realize until their career is over how much they've actually been taken for and how much that the promoters made compared to what they actually made when they're looking at their bank accounts and the kids are about to go to college and they have tuition to pay. Good point. Dax, great job as usual, and uh, we'll be looking forward to you next week, brother. All right, and next week when I come on, I'll be uh, recapping the, uh, the Masters tournament that I'm going to be covering at the Civic Center. <laughs> Sounds good, my man. All right. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. All right. That's Dax Khan uh, giving us his thoughts. I am going to uh, take a short break, but one thing I do want to add to what Dax just said about Clarissa Shields, um, he's right. Uh, you know, I had the pleasure of meeting Clarissa Shields uh, after um, before just before she won the second medal, uh, and we were at uh, an event uh, you know honoring women's boxing and the way all of the world champions for and former world champion female fighters reacted to Clarissa Shields she she had her medal with her and it, it, she had she had won that medal and a lot of female fighters looked at it as she won it for them too and that's the way they treated her and she was uh, a very um, uh, humble uh, young woman uh, at this event. She subsequently won another gold medal, and same thing. I mean, um, you know, the, all the the previous fighters put her on a pedestal. She seemingly broke down some barriers, and then she's you know kind of become what Dax is describing, and she's regressing. And then you have someone like Katie Taylor. Uh, who's uh, coming on strong. And, and, you know, even though I was critical, uh, the one I love is uh, Heather Hardy. Uh, I'm, I'm in love with Heather Hardy. Hey, listen, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, Alex Papali joins us. So uh, uh, don't go nowhere. Billy C will be right back. Hey, fight fans. Check out KOFantasyBoxing.com. KO Fantasy Boxing is boxing's only trademarked fantasy game. Check it out, www.kofantasyboxing.com. Select your own gym, your own fighters. Track them through a season that can last from three months to a year, depending upon which league you join. You got to check this out, man. www.kofantasyboxing.com. Join it today. Again, www.kofantasyboxing.com. And tell them Billy C sent you. The one, the only, Don King. 
feel good, Billy, to have you, the number one show in the country, talking boxing with Billy. So I invite each and every American that's listening to this great show to tune in. This we want you to be there with Billy and me. Now back to talking boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C., damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. The undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. Don't forget about our 24-7 television channel. That's right. Check it out. Billy C. Boxing TV. You can get all the information. Just go to our website, BillyCBoxing.com, and click on the uh, the slide. There's three slides on that website. And uh, the third one, or depending upon when you arrive, will take you right to the channel and uh, everything you need to know. There's a lot of stuff on there. We, also, we replay these shows, but we also have... Uh, a bunch of events that we've done over the past 15 years that we've been doing this show. So, joining us right now, uh, my man uh, Alex Perpali. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Billy C. How are you? <laughs> okay, good. You got the uh, you got the teleprompter working. Good, good. I see that. You know, it's uh, I hit the wrong button. Uh, I, I I I okayed an audio call the first time, so I was like, ah. <laughs> um. What's your thoughts on the fight, man? Uh, Errol Spence pretty much dominated Mikey Garcia. Let me down. Uh, what did you think of the fight? Um, I was, um, I enjoyed it, but you're right. The pay-per-view was mostly caca. Um, it was maybe a C. Uh, but the fight, the fight was fun. Uh, I do think Errol Spence maybe let Mikey Garcia off the hook a bit. Um, but I think Mikey Garcia, uh, his toughness really um, was on display. I mean, I, I can't believe the chin he showed in those last few rounds. But I do think Spence, uh, that's sort of the, the problem about this is that these guys are all friends. I, I don't know. I was thinking, you know, if that was Tommy Hearns and it was 1986, uh, 1984, 1983, um, would he have turned it up and tried to stop? Mikey Garcia, and I kind of think he would have. Um, it sure looked like he was going to in the, what was it, eighth round, seventh, sixth, and sixth round was one of the worst rounds um, I think uh, Mikey Garcia has ever uh, suffered as a pro. I mean, he really got hammered quite a bit. Um, I enjoyed the fight. I thought Mikey Garcia was going to do it. I dared to believe in him. I, I, I guess mainly because so many people were saying, you know, a good good big guy beats a good little guy but I, I thought Garcia was a little better than good um, but uh, yeah I think Spence to give him credit if Mikey Garcia I think his plan would have been to fight him in close uh, that's definitely what his corner said Garcia took I mean uh, Spence took that away and he did mention that at the end 
that um, he said, you know, I'm the bigger, stronger guy, so I was going to use that. And uh, so he put that jab into play right from the get-go. Uh, the first round was kind of dull, but even in that first round, you saw Spence working that jab. And um, the jab, you know, I think that did everything. It set the distance of the fight. Garcia never really was ma able to make any adjustments for it. I did give him two rounds, but I thought that was very generous. Uh, you know, and like I said, I, I was going in there th rooting for Mikey Garcia. So um, I, I I think that, uh, you know, the, the round I thought Garcia won was the fifth, um, where he did come out really aggressively at the start. The other one was a very close round was the second. But uh, otherwise, yeah, I got no problem with uh, seeing Spence win every single round. You know, I, it was a win-win fight for, for Mikey Garcia. Um, if he won the fight, uh, he would have been a pound-for-pound pound, uh, cemented as an all-time great. Really, he would have. Because all-time great fighters, and, and, and this is the argument I have all the time with, with unknowledgeable boxing fans, Great fighters do great things. Mikey Garcia moving up two weight classes is a great challenge to, to accomplish, it, should he have accomplished it. Errol Spence Jr. fighting a, a two-weight division smaller guy and then to suggest should he beat this guy, he should be considered the pound-for-pound pound best is the wrong mindset. It's the wrong yeah. way of thinking. It's the brain... The brainwashed mentality that Floyd Mayweather has planted in this sport the, over the last 10 years. And this is the problem. You don't get a win over a guy you're supposed to win and then pound your chest. In a way, Mikey Garcia left that ring with more credibility than Errol Spence Jr. I say that because he didn't get knocked out. He went the distance. You know, it seemed to me, Alex, that the game plan, and I thought it as soon as the first round was over, that the game plan from the onset was to survive 12 rounds without getting knocked out. Because you're right, the way that he, the only shot he had at beating uh, Spence, because he landed punches when he did get inside, was to fight inside. And he was reluctant to get inside because of the pop that he was getting uh, handed by Spence as he was trying to move in. So he would stop and try to reset and do everything that Mikey Garcia normally does not do. So I give Spence credit for disrupting Mikey's game plan, uh, but I can't give him that much credit for beating him because the truth of the matter is, is he should have. Yeah, I think that was sort of the unfortunate, the sort of no-win situation that Spence was in. Um, but I do think that he did, the way he did it um, so flawlessly, where he controlled pretty much uh, the entire fight, um, the, uh, you know, that's, but you're right. I mean, the idea that you could beat a smaller guy who's taking such a big step up and then think of yourself as pound-for-pound uh, the best in the world. I had a problem with that because uh, I thought Mikey Garcia, you know, even that, he's not beating the best welterweight on earth. He's beating one of the title holders. So uh, even the idea that Mikey Garcia would have been considered number one pound for pound, uh, no, I'd have more problem with that. If he fought Lomachenko and beat Lomachenko, then okay, maybe... Uh, he's pound for pound the best in the world. Well, not maybe. He would be, in my mind. No. But well, not just one fight. fight. Not that just was one the fight. 
that was the fight he avoided. So, I mean, yeah, there's no way Spence – I don't think of Spence as the number one pound for pound. And you're right. I think that that is some – I don't know. To me – and that was the thing, Billy C., that I was a little disappointed with last night. And you're right. I think that some of this is the sort of PBC, what now has become Fox, uh, sort of hype machine – they are really never in the entire broadcast did they mention Terrence Crawford's name that I heard. Um, and he's the best guy at welterweight. So um, you have kind of a problem there because it's almost like the entire uh, fight landscape they're showing you is like it's alternative facts, to use a timely phrase, um, because you're not um, – you're not talking about the very best guy in the weight class. Um, Spence, I think he does beat Manny Pacquiao. I think he's physically bigger and stronger and younger, um, and I think he would beat Pacquiao. Pacquiao uh, didn't look exactly thrilled about fighting. No, him. he didn't. But yeah, right. but, yeah, but he, he didn't look. But but this is this is like you know I, you know I, well it's like what Manny said when I asked him, "Hey, Manny." Do you want to fight Errol Spence next? And and Manny said, fight him. Uh, yeah, uh, okay. You know, so, I, I mean, you know, the, the truth of the matter is, is that Errol Spence is, listen, guys like Marvin Hagler, guys like Sugar Ray Leonard, and, and you go back further, Sugar Ray Robinson, et cetera, et cetera. These guys cement Roberto Duran. These guys cemented themselves in history because they challenged themselves. They beat fighters when other people said they couldn't do it. Roy Jones Jr. moving up and winning a heavyweight title. That was a challenge for himself. I don't care who he fought. Uh, people don't give Ruiz credit, but he was dominating, uh, you know, uh, f either champion or former champions at that time. Well, dominating isn't a good word with, with Ruiz. He was winning the fights. Let's just say that. But but the uh, the truth of the matter is, is that's what separates a, a regular fighter from a great fighter. Errol Spence, no disrespect to him because I like him. Um, you know, beating up Manny Pacquiao, who's going to be 40, uh, isn't a feather in the cap. It's a name. You know, beating up uh, uh, Mikey Garcia, who moved up two weight classes, yeah, it, it was good, but you're supposed to do that. You know, now, if he cleans up the division, beats TC, or, or goes in and even giving him credit uh, to fight Thurman, uh, or even a Sean Porter or a Danny Garcia, anybody that's, that's a top name in the division, then you start to give credit. But what he's doing, Alex, he's clearly taking the easy, the easiest road out. And who does that sound like? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. But I, well, I think one of the biggest knocks I have on Spence and why I gave Garcia a very good chance is I thought he was too green. Um, I mean, one of the things that if you look at his record that I think really stands out is just the inactivity. Um, he is fighting more active. Uh, more often lately than he has been. Um, what was it? In 2017, I think he only fought once. Um, and then I think last year he fought twice. But that's very rare for a, a guy his age. Who's the um, best two guys and, on his record? Who's the best well, two guys? Now, well, and that's the other thing, is that the best guy on his record was Kel Brook. Um, now it's Mikey Garcia. Both of them. But, that's it. Those two. Yeah, that's the thing about it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I do... 
Um, but I do think of him, Spence and Crawford, I do think of them and Pacquiao still, um, even what we have left of Pacquiao, I still think of those three guys as significantly better than Thurman and Porter. I think um, you got I think you guys gives them trouble. I, I think Sean Porter gives them trouble. I think Danny Garcia gives them trouble. You know, I, I you know, it, it's uh, the only guy out of the top welterweights, the only guy that I really believe that that Errol Spence can just take without much trouble is Keith Thurman. And I say that I agree with Dax. Keith Thurman has skill set. There's no question. He can box. He can move. He's got pop. But he 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 falls into that rut where if you rock him just a little bit, his hands go down and he just you know he becomes a a, a bowling pin. You know, and and I think that Errol Spence could finish him off, uh, where you know he fought to smaller guys not so much. But a guy like Ugas, especially with his last performance, um, he looked uh, uh, good. And I just think that those guys would all give Errol Spence trouble. I don't think he can beat Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford may be smaller than Errol Spence, but Terrence Crawford is an attacking, good defensive fighter. Uh, he's a well-rounded fighter. He's got a mean streak in him, something I don't know if Errol Spence has, uh, but I think TC destroys, really, I'm going to use that word, destroys Errol Spence. And, I, and I'm not so sure that uh, Errol Spence has an easy time with 40-year-old Manny Pacquiao either. I think he beats Pacquiao. No, but, but not easily. Yeah. But not, not easily. No, no Pacquiao's never an, not going to be an easy fight for anybody, even at this stage in his game. I mean, I think Crawford uh, probably beats him by the widest margin, but I think, I think Spence beats him too. Um, but, you know, I mean, I was completely wrong last night, so, you know, don't listen to me. Um the uh, one thing I did want to say was that um, uh, just in terms of the whole broadcast, you know, it's interesting because in some ways I think that they're they're on to something. Um, in Drugs. That it, yeah, they're on something. They're on something. Probably some kind of drug. Yeah. I think they, they're doing a good job in how they're broadcasting the fight boxing very similarly, at least to other sports in that they're giving it that um, the whole broadcast they're thinking as uh, it's sort of updating you on everything they have going on in the sport and I think that is cool yeah but wait it's only it's wait a minute wait a minute it's only updating what they're doing in the sport well exactly right and the other thing about but that makes sense though that that protects their product because they're they're actually hyping the next. But show it ru- but it ruins. Same product. But it yes, ruins that, it ruins the sport. It's it, not good for the sport. No, because you're leaving out the best guy by not mentioning Crawford. However, I one thing I could really do with a lot less, but I'm not surprised they're doing it because it's the model for all these freaking sports shows. Is I couldn't care less about the banter between the on-air personalities. Um, Some of it I thought was just plain mean-spirited. At one point, Chris Myers said to uh, Joe Goosen that he's where they were kept making them making fun of them about how cold they were at the previous week where Lennox needed a blanket and Joe needed um, gloves. And Chris uh, Myers actually said to him, well, you look like a safe cracker. Is that where how you steal uh, money from all the fighters you work with. 
I was like, wow, that was a little, little low. Um, some of the ribbing, the Linus, uh, you know, Lennox and Linus, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. To me, it's as painful as watching, and I think I said this before, it's like watching your local news when they pass from the news anchor to the uh, weather guy, and there's always a few uh, lines of, like, small talk. You just want to kill yourself when you hear that, and that's the way I felt with um, a lot of that, although I did think it was um, – it was kind of funny when they did say that, um, well, but even that was Errol Spence who had tweeted something that uh, Sean Porter looked like a leprechaun. You know, the thing is, is on one hand, first of all, Chris Myers doesn't know uh, the difference between a left hook or a fish hook. And so why, why they have him involved, I don't know. And Goosen, uh, he's, he's not fit. He's not cut out for, for, for broadcasting. Oh, no, see, I don't. I don't like. I don't. I don't like the way he. First of all, uh, he's. Uh, uh, what do they call that? Um, uh, the modern guy. Um, uh, what do they call that? Where where they they use makeup and they they uh, you know go get their hair styled oh, all nice. Uh, metrosexual. Yes, yes, he's a metrosexual guy. Um, you know, and it just doesn't fit into boxing. Um, you know, I, in my opinion. Lennox has always been good. Um, you know, Boom Boom Mancini I love, but he had a terrible night. I absolutely have fallen in love with that Kate woman. Oh, my God. I, I couldn't talk to her straight either. But when they brought Deontay Wilder on, I, the look she was giving him and the, the, the nonsense that was coming out of his mouth, I was wondering why they didn't cut off him quicker. And, you know, they finally did. He, he said nothing. You know, I... You know, what the sad thing about it is, and I agree with you, the way that they're trying to produce it with a very modern flair, the graphics, you know, it's it's really, for the person watching at home, it, it's visually uh, a, a nice uh, event. Uh, but the problem is, is that they're not competitive. The cards sucked. There's, there's, no, there's no way to sugarcoat it. The cards sucked. To be a pay-per-view card, no way. I mean, those matchups... Um, you know, uh, they could have been on regular network TV. They could have been on a, uh, even a, a third or fourth rate tiered um, uh, streaming service. They were terrible. They were one-sided fights. Um, there was no uh, competitiveness at all. Uh, you know, I give them credit for sat soaking us what they did uh, to to buy the fight. It, it just wasn't it wasn't good. And and what they what they're doing, Alex, is they're furthering dividing the sport just like we were saying before what they're doing may be good for their product but the overall sport needs unity not division you know these little little uh groups you know i like the dad the zone fighters i like the espn fighters i like these fighters that fight. if you don't pick an alliance you're missing out on a whole slew of other fighters and that's the problem with the sport yeah i think that that's definitely what we're seeing is these like intra-league uh, outlets where, you know, this network only fights the guys that are with that network and this other network only fights their guys. So, yeah, it does, It when you have an international sport and, you know, there is no one ruling body and you have all these different um, uh, promoters and, and managers that don't have those kind of affiliations, it, it does water down the sport because then you're not getting the whole picture. I think the other thing that was unfortunate that for me, as somebody who does 
you know, like the history of the sport, uh, there really was la- there was a tremendous lack of historical perspective uh, last night. They got they have no one really. They don't have an Al Bernstein. They don't have a Steve Farhood. Um, you know, they had Marcos Villegas doing the scoring, but they don't throw to him enough. Um, and they they really didn't talk too much about. I mean, you had Ray Mancini basically giving the historical perspective of things, and they didn't do enough talking about what Mikey Garcia was trying to achieve and how long the odds were against him in trying to do it. Um, I think only a couple of guys, Manny Pacquiao did it to um, uh, De La Hoya, and then I think the only other one is like Henry Armstrong that did it successfully. Um, So, you know, I think that was a big deal. I think... That's the thing about this sport is you like to connect it to the past. So so many uh, other sports today don't have that. That's what's beautiful of box, about boxing is that it has a rich storied history. And if you have nobody there to give that perspective, that's kind of unfortunate. I, I could do I'd like to hear more about the history of the sport than walk around to see where Jerry Jones is. I, I couldn't care less about that. Yeah, they walk around. This is where this is where Dak Prescott, his locker is right here. Yeah. Here's his and, name. I mean, get a ca- get a camera shot of his locker name. And I think you know? one of the things about it is that this sport, these fighters give us everything. And you did saw see an example, it was kind of humorous, but also sad when uh, they spoke to Evander Holyfield and they were like, what do you think about this stadium? And he had the best line of the whole night. He yeah. said, there are seats everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I know. He, he, they, yeah, they're, bring, they're asking some of these guys the wrong questions because they're, they're like, I don't know, if they're understanding, you know, they have to rephrase it. They have to ask it again. They actually have to answer it for them. You know, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of funny. And I love, I love, huh? Everyone has a hard time with a live interview. They stick a, cam- a microphone and a camera in your face. But then they're like, he, you're asking Evander Holyfield about the building? What yeah. do you care? <laughs> yeah, well, he started, he responded the first time he responded with something that had nothing to do with the question. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and, and they're like, uh, okay, they rephrase it. Well, it's the same thing with Deontay Wilder. He wasn't saying anything. I mean, yeah, I guess if you... I don't know what he was trying to say, but I am looking forward to Tuesday to see... I mean, his explanation of why Tyson Fury uh, didn't go through with the rematch, to me, made no sense whatsoever. He also He also made it sound like the fight will never happen now. Yeah, and he seems to have convinced himself that he won big and almost killed him. And I don't know what he's thinking, because to me, all that fight proved is that if they fought seven days in a week, Tyson Fury beat him every time, as long as the right judges were there. I think that, you see now, I think that if they fought again, Deontay Wilder would go in for the kill quicker. And, uh, you know, he would probably... Tyson Fury does not have a solid chin, and does not have a power punch, so I, you know, I mean, yeah, if they, so you think Wilder would win a rematch? I, I think there's a good chance he knocks out Tyson Fury. Yes, I, I think Tyson Fury. Listen, I love Tyson Fury. I've been following Tyson Fury since the second pro fight. Um, you know, I, the thing is, is that the one thing I do give Deontay Wilder credit for is that the, that he has freakish punching power. He hasn't improved. He's got nothing else. 
Um, I, I want to see Deontay Wilder fight somebody with power. I want to see him get knocked out and and shut up because you know for him to suggest that he is the man in the heavyweight division. You know, Dak said, I don't want to get on Deontay Wilder. I don't want to say, I don't want to insult him by saying he's stupid. He is stupid. He's one of the stupidest people I've ever seen. You know, I I mean, he can't even carry on a conversation. Yes, he's a millionaire. He's got more money than me. But he's left probably $50 million on the table because of his stupidity. And, And with these two proposed offers that are on the table right now, if this big announcement that he's been promoting for seven, eight years now that's taking place on Tuesday isn't that he signed with uh, DeZone or Eddie Hearn, there's nothing else he can say. There's nothing else he can say. What? Who is out there? Who is out there for Deontay Wilder that isn't already? You look at the heavyweight division right now, the top names, you know, Anthony Joshua Wilder, Tyson Fury, Dillian White, Alexander Povetkin, those are the top five as far as the computer's concerned. Who, who, which one of those guys are going to fight? Deontay, you got to go all the way down to number nine for Brazil. If he has a rematch with Ortiz, I'd live with that. You know, I, I mean, come on. Joseph Parker would be a, a fight, but he's not going to fight him. I mean, th- there's nobody there for him. He's going to be fighting these second-tier, third-tier guys and still claim he's the best. It's sickening. Yeah, I think that's what's unfortunate about these, um, you know, the rise of the apps and the way these guys have all sort of retreated to their their different uh, corners that, uh, you know, they have their networks with them is that we're not going to see the matchups we were, we were just starting to think we would see. Um, you know, Fury Wilder, uh, Fury Joshua, Joshua Wilder, you know, those things are not going to happen. So you're left with these sort of consolation prizes. And yeah, I think um, Wilder Ortiz, too, is probably the best of that bunch. Um, hopefully that's what he'll announce on Tuesday. I mean, I think anything less than that is going to be a little, um, um, you know, uh, disappointing. Uh, I've always said Brazil is not an easy fight for, for Tyson Fury, so we'll see what happens. That's that's what you think we're going to hear is uh, on Tuesday we'll hear Wilder announce that he – oh, you said Fury will fight Dominic in Brazil. So no, who do you think – No, no. You, I, I think – I might have said Fury, but I meant Deontay Wilder. Oh, okay. I, I don't, it doesn't matter. Fury Fury's probably going to um, – I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Fury fights Joseph Parker – um, yeah. But uh, but I think you're gonna I, I agree you're gonna hear uh, either uh, uh, Deontay Wilder is officially announcing the Dominic Brazil as a mandatory that the WBC is making him fight him he's got that uh, or he's gonna say the rematch with Luis Ortiz I mean uh, um, those are the only two fights I mean he's got to fight Luis Luis Ortiz is his only option uh, of as a big name. You know, as and he's not even a huge name. You know, he's bigger. You know, but uh, right. in any yeah, event, yeah. I mean, I think that um, the Chris Ariola uh, that fight was fun, but um, yeah, I mean, come on, I, I don't see him. Uh, he's always been fun to watch, but you know, Ariola Wilder, nah, <laughs> no, no. Uh, who knows? <laughs> with the, with that, you 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 finally made me. You silenced me with that. But uh, in any event, Alex, great job. Well, and uh, it's, too, it's too bad because it really seemed like um, 
I mean, we closed out last year, December 1st, was Fury Wilder. And I think, you know, after the fight ended, before the decision was announced, it seemed like, wow, we've got a fascinating heavyweight division. Uh, anything can happen. And now we're kind of stuck. We're like, oh, look what we have. Right. Well, and no, it's not the fighters. It's the fighters. We do have a good crop of fighters. It's that they don't fight each other. You know? Right. They, but, yeah, because everybody's, you know, sided with the right, with their, what's right for them, a company that's right for them, and it's not right for the sport. It's it's unfortunate. Well, the only one that's not right for the sport is PBC, because it appears everyone else is, is you know, co coexisting, which is good. But, uh, Alex, appreciate uh, all your insight, and we'll look forward to you next week, man. All right, Billy C., take care. Thanks, brother. That's uh, Alex Papali uh, giving us his thoughts. I, yeah, you know, it, it is it is sad to see uh, when you have, um, you know, some of these fights that, that uh, potentially could be, you know, blockbuster fights, and uh, you end up with, uh, uh, well, not so much, you know. But when you look at the heavyweight division, um, I, you know, I'm amazed at uh, the way the computer sees it. Uh, Anthony Joshua, number one, Deontay Wilder, number two. To me, that's, you know, obvious. Those are layups. Uh, but then it gets a little interesting. Uh, well, Tyson Fury, number three. I'm not going to argue with that either. But um, Dillian White, number four. Alexander Povetkin, number five. Um, this is the one that makes me sick. Jarrell Miller at number six. Now, I, I just don't understand... You know, I could see Jarrell Miller being in the sanctioning body, uh, you know, top 10 or even the top five because they're, you know, a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, con men. They maneuver uh, fighters in, within their rankings to suit, you know, what they need for, for their champions, mandatories, etc. But when the computer is ranking them, and I'm thinking that it's based on the guy who beat the guy and who they fought, et cetera, et cetera, the way a computer should compute uh, ranking systems, how Jarrell Miller is at number six, for example, above Luis Ortiz, who's at number eight, or above Joseph Parker, who's at number 13. I mean, uh, you know, both these guys, uh, Parker and Ortiz, have fought way better opposition than uh, than Jarrell Miller. Uh, so it, it's... Uh, uh, it's disheartening, um, uh, you know, uh, to say the least, um, you know, what uh, what you see and what, what you're beginning to see, uh, in my opinion, uh, anyway. You know, and then you got some, you know, interesting mac matchups as you go down uh, the list uh, with, uh, you know, fighters uh, like uh, Oscar Rivas and Otto Wallen and uh, uh, Philippe Hergravic. Uh, you know, young fighters that are, that are coming up, uh, Ajit Kabiel, um, you know, Joe Joyce, uh, you know, Nathan Gorman. I mean, these are all uh, young heavyweights that are coming up that I would love to see fight each other. And thus is the problem with the sport, Sal. Yes, 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 I follow it. You know, it's a, it's a shame. It's a shame. No, but it's uh, a shame. But uh, let's, we got a couple of emails that I wanted to read. But first... You know, uh, my one of my good friends. As a matter of fact, uh, he's responsible for getting our banner on, on Law and Order. My man Brooklyn Mike. I was talking to him yesterday, and and I got to give him props. He uh, thought I was. He, he said in a very nice way that I was nuts for uh, picking uh, 
uh, Mikey Garcia to win the fight. But he started talking to me, and he said that, uh, you know, he, he has a good friend of his, uh, and, you know, he's talking about the show, and one thing led to another. Next thing he knows, this guy starts talking about this place he went to on St. Simon's Island in Georgia, and he met the, the owner of this restaurant, and they're singing, and they're doing karaoke, and they had such a great time. And uh, he says it was Sal. And I said, yeah. I said, who's the guy? He says, oh, wait till Sal hears it. This guy kept talking about how great Sal is. Then that it became buddies. And, and I said, who is it? Who is it, Brooklyn Mike? And he goes, Johnny Mazzoni. And uh, he says, you mentioned that. And Sal had a great time with him. You remember meeting Johnny Mazzoni? Johnny Mazzoni's a great guy, man. He was on the camera crew for one of the movies they did down here. I met him and his crew. And we, we, we fed them and served them Johnny today. He's the guy that's friends with Mike Rella. Yeah, well, uh, Johnny Mazzoni and my friend Brooklyn Mike, they're in the movie business and TV business. Yeah. And uh, and yeah. Mike, uh, I told Brooklyn Mikey to come and see you. He's uh, doing some stuff in Savannah, uh, Georgia, which is about 80 miles from you. And he's uh, clearly going to uh, make sure he comes and uh, meets well, you. I and tell him to tell him to call me out and look for me. Oh, I already, to I already told him that when he's uh, going when he plans on going i might even meet i haven't seen brooklyn mike uh uh in a while I, I the last time i saw him i went to uh his house to watch a jet game and got to meet his beautiful wife and uh, uh we had a great time they uh were very hospitable to billy c so uh, he down here with johnny he wasn't that time but uh but he's gonna right now he's back in new york for uh uh a few weeks i'm gonna try to see him uh but uh uh, he is planning on going back down to Savannah, uh, so uh, he's he's going to plan a trip trip to uh, Sal. So uh, uh, look forward. forward to that. Brooklyn Mike, he's, uh, Brooklyn he's a great, Mike. great guy. I got a couple yeah. of emails. Uh, let's read this first one. What a small world, Billy C. Yeah, I know. Um, this is from my man uh, Mitch. He says, uh, uh, "Okay, here it is. Uh, Deontay Wilder is offered uh, a deal with." Uh, he's offered a deal with DeZone, two fights for $50 million, and two days later, Hearn fires back with a second offer, three fights, $100 million. These are no fake me emails. This is a real offer. Is he going to turn it down? Who are you going to blame if he does? Is it, is, uh, is, he's talking about Tyson Fury. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Deontay Wilder. Is he going to blame Eddie Hearn? Is he going to blame Anthony Joshua? Or is he just going to say something stupid? He says, I feel it. Uh, it's going to happen. Um, you know, we talked about that. Thanks for the email, Mitch. You're my man. Uh, you know, we talked about that, Sal. And, you know, to be honest with you, Deontay Wilder is really proving um, to be a loyal cat uh, so much that he's, uh, you know, jeopardizing his financial future. Um, I don't care if he had to go and fight, uh, you know, 10 guys in, in, at once to get these kinds of dollars offered at you, guaranteed money, two fight deal, 50 million, three fight deal, 100 million. You can't turn them down, Sal. You, you, you can't. There, there, there is, if, if, if he tries to paint the picture that it's, it's BS, it's this and that, when does this guy turn around behind closed doors and say to his team around him, the Al Heymans, the, the um, you know, the rest of the team, uh, the Shelly Finkels, etc. When does he say to these guys, what the F are you doing? 
you know, why? How come I can't make? Why am I settling for two and three million dollars fighting bums? Why do I have to go in front of cameras and and act like a nutcase and and you know t- try to convince people that I'm the main guy in the heavyweight division? And meanwhile, uh, you know, Anthony Joshua is making thirty million dollars to beat the snot out of uh, uh, Jarrell Baby Miller, who nobody. Uh, on this planet thinks has a chance, which he doesn't. Tyson Fury signs a multi, uh, you know, $50 million deal. I mean, every, all these guys are making money, but Deontay Wilder, when's he going to oh, wake up and realize, if ever? Well, he's running, the clock's ticking. He's running out of time. He better realize it soon. So you think he's going to just let it, you think he's going <laughs> to, what do you think he's going to announce on Tuesday? Um, he's getting married. No, <laughs> I, I think I think he's going to announce something uh, along the line, either rematch with Fury, or he has uh, an opportunity to switch promoters or something, and and he's going to take that hundred million, which he should. Yeah, I don't think he's announcing that he's fighting. Uh, to, I, who knows? But I got another email here. This one's from. Uh, uh, my man Fat Apples, who you can catch in the uh, uh, chat room on YouTube right now, he says, uh, "Hey Billy C and the team, how are you guys doing? It's been a while since I sent you an email, and whilst communication through the chat is okay, I thought it would be interesting uh, for you, for you and me to send. Uh, oh, I thought it would be interesting to you for me to send you a link uh, ra- rather than talk about it in the chat room." He says, so we all know Tyson Fury got robbed, or do we? I personally scored the fight 115-111 of Fury. However, this uh, is what a neutral Argentine fan scored it. Um, He says, please check this link out. This channel has the scores from uh, several fights like Mayweather-Pacquiao, Triple G Canelo's, both fights, Ward, Kovalev, and other fights um, that, uh, uh, you know, such fights we've talked about from the blast from the past. He says, uh, keep up the good work. Um, I still love the show. Um, you know, I did look at the link that uh, F.A. sent me. And, you know, he was, he, he, the, this guy made some interesting points. He, he'll isolate a punch. Uh, he'll say it didn't hit flush. It hit with the palm. It hit with the top. It, it, you know, he missed them. Um, and he had his own little punch counter. Um, at the end of the day, Tyson Fury won the fight. I mean, uh, you know, the two knockdowns. And and even if you recall the the post fight comments by by Deontay Wilder, he thought by dropping Tyson Fury twice in the fight that that should have been enough to give him the win, and you know because it was a corruption and everything else he got the draw. Um, yes, he knocked down Tyson Fury twice, one time devastating. I didn't think Tyson Fury was ever going to get up, but those were the two rounds he won. Maybe one other round. The rest of the fight was all Tyson Fury. Uh, Tyson Fury was landing punches at will, counter-punching him, um, just getting him out of his game. Made Deontay Wilder look foolish because he doesn't have any skill except for the the punching power. Uh, The bottom line is, Sal, this guy has to cash in. I mean, he's at a point right now where he's got to start thinking of, of the money. You know, he can't continue to duck the top three fighters, and the truth of the matter is, is he's ducking them. They don't have to come to him. He's not in the driver's seat. 
You know, I just talked about the heavyweight division, and if Deontay Wilder doesn't play nice, they're going to just move on their merry way without him, and we're going to be talking about woulda, coulda, shoulda for 20, 30, 40 years from now. And at the end of the day, Deontay Wilder is going to be the guy that in the history books will be the one that gets the criticism. I'm telling you, just like I think over time, uh, Floyd Mayweather is never going to be above Manny Pacquiao despite Manny Pacquiao losing to Floyd when they fought head-to-head. Manny Pacquiao will become a higher-ranked all-time greatness than Floyd Mayweather based on the level of opposition that he fought versus the opposition that Floyd fought and the opposition that Manny's continuing to fight. So the same thing's going to happen to Deontay. What do you think? Very possible. And like like, like I said, Deontay... I, I like Deontay Wilder. I think he's talented. I think he's got that freakish punch power. I don't think he's been handled correctly. I don't think he's been, well, I don't want to say trained correctly because, you know, he's got one of the greatest fighters training him. But, uh, you know, maybe he, he should have learned a little bit more of tutelage underneath uh, Mark Greenland and uh, a little bit of boxing, a little defensive skills, a little bit here and there. But, uh, you know, there's that scene from one of the Rocky movies when they're running on the beach and Rocky, his head's not into it. And Apollo Creed leaves him in the dust when they're sprinting head to head. And, you know, Sylvester Stallone, all he could say is, we'll pick it up, we'll do it tomorrow. And Apollo yells back, says, there is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Well, that's what's happening with Deontay Wilder. Deontay, there's not going to be any tomorrow when you keep making these bad decisions. So you better engage in the reality of what's around you right now and realize you've got talent, you've got the ability, you've got only a a few short years that you've got to focus and make the right decision. And you keep getting the opportunity where you do not make those correct decisions or right decisions. You're getting further and further off the trail of the mainstream where you need to be. So start making the right decisions, get back on the path. Because you only have a few short years to make a big, big difference and to be significant with the pocketbook and with the belts. So I hope you uh, take some uh, some friendly advice and start making some better decisions. And uh, I'm in your corner, pal. Uh, here's what I think. I, I made a couple of uh, observations on uh, last night. Um, you know, Deontay Wilder announced that he's going to make a big announcement. You know, I love these guys that... Make send out a press release to announce that they're going to have a press release in the in the future. I mean, that's sad because they're trying to gather and and garner some some hype before the announcement. Because generally, what used to happen is the announcement was the hype. Now they have to hype the announcement, which will hopefully gain more hype. It's a joke because that's how unknown this 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 schlep is. But but here's what I I got out of a couple of comments from last night. So, yes, Deontay is going to make this big announcement. Yes, I heard that DeZone offered him two-fight deal, $50 million. Uh, Hearns offered him, uh, you know, three fights for $100 million, et cetera. I, I, you know, all those things. Uh, you know, here, here's what I think is going to happen. Last night, there were two comments made, and they were actually in opposite directions. One, when that gorgeous Kate Abu, Adu, 
uh, whatever her name is. I, she, 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 I, I couldn't even carry on a conversation when I'd be drooling too much. But the truth of the matter is, is she said, we hope that, you know, uh, we, we, we can't wait for you to return to this network or something like that. So the, I started thinking, oh, he signed a multi-fight deal with Fox Sports, right? Now they want to enter in the, the, the arena, so to speak. So I started thinking that. But then later in the show, um, we heard, uh, uh, I think it was uh, uh, the main guy, Chris, um, uh, whatever his last name is, he made a comment, uh, we w we're going to be wishing Deontay well uh, if he decides to, or when he leaves us, or, or something like that along those lines. And I went, ah, oh, ah. Oh. So it's, it's contradicting what she made it sound like. So what I predict is going to happen on Tuesday, Sal, is I predict that Deontay Wilder will indeed accept the three-fight, $100 million offer, uh, and we will see him fight uh, two uh, not-so-great fights, and it will culminate uh, with a showdown with Anthony Joshua. That's what I think. That's what I think will, will take place uh, in, that, in that fight. What do you think? I hope you're right, man. That would be a good thing. And I really hope you you got you hit on the head. I I think you may have something there, Sherlock. And uh, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna go going to concur with you right now. Um, my final thoughts. Uh, well, first and foremost, next week uh, we have a couple of decent fights uh, on uh, ESPN Network and DAZN uh, on uh, on the 23rd. Uh, Kubat Pulov is taking on uh, Bogdan Dinyu, which is a, a heavyweight fight, uh, which sh should be decent. Charlie Edwards and uh, Angel Marino in a flyweight uh, title fight. And then uh, the, the Peterson brothers, Lamont, you dummy, Peterson and Anthony Peterson are both uh, fighting on uh, FS1 uh, next Saturday. Um, Lamont, you dummy, Peterson is taking on Sergi Lipiditz. And uh, Anthony Peterson has taken on, on uh, Arginus Mendez. Uh, both uh, uh, challenging fights for the Peterson brothers. Um, I uh, am looking forward to, uh, uh, to next week. So uh, make sure you uh, stop right here uh, for our thoughts uh, post-fight. My final thoughts on the uh, Mikey Garcia, Errol Spence is what I've been saying all, all day today so far. Um, I think that Mikey Garcia... Uh, has, you know, been the winner. I think he's the winner of the fight, in a sense. Not that he won the fight, but he's going to get more credit for going the distance than Errol Spence will get for uh, beating him, even though he beat him decisively. Uh, I, I just think that this was a very low-risk fight uh, for uh, Errol Spence, and I hope that it's not a pro prelude of what is to come with the rest of Errol Spence's career. I hope that this guy isn't going to follow the path of least resistance and then claim he's pound-for-pound pound best. He still hasn't, uh, you know, uh, leapfrogged over any of the top five pound-for-pound pound fighters in the world today, uh, and I still think uh, they're tied for number one or, in any order you want, number one, number two, is, uh, uh, you know, Lomachenko and, and Crawford. Uh, so I, I just, you know, I, I don't think this win over Mikey Garcia uh, could uh, win an argument for Errol Spence. Uh, what's your final thoughts on that fight, Sal? 
it's interesting. And and like I said, this was a fight that I was really, really looking forward to. And again, you know, we're 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 reflecting and we're spoiled. I mean, this was not the welterweight division that you and I remember back in the seventies, eighties with Leonard, Pepino Cuevas, uh all these other guys that can do it all. Carlos Palomino. Uh, this this was two good, great welterweights who were champions, undefeated. It was a fight, and it, 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 it had its glamour, it had its moment. And, yeah, I think it was anticlimactic. I think it was uh, not what I intended it to be, or you. And I think, uh, I think Mikey's got a lot of questions, and I think he's got a lot of reflection on it today. Uh, and I think uh, I think uh, Errol Spence will have some good opportunities in the future. Uh, they both will. They both will. Because, like I said, with each big fight, reveals weaknesses and reveals opportunities that people recognize. And now they're going to be wanting to uh, get back in the ring and uh, show everybody what they're really about. And uh, you're going to see people wanting to fight them each because they, they, they expose themselves and maybe they're a little more vulnerable after last night than they were before. So we'll see. That's my thoughts. <clears throat> well, uh, we'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, the truth of the matter is, is uh, we'll be looking forward to the fights next week. We'll be looking forward to uh, the fights that uh, materialize between now and the time they materialize. And we'll be looking forward to the big announcement by the Bronze Bomber, Deontay Wilder, on Tuesday. So, uh, anyway, yes, all I could say is make sure you tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. Da